Oh shit, are we recording? What's up? This is the Fuck the Status Quo podcast. I am your host, Ellie Blake, and this is a place where we discuss getting your shit together. Why? Because the more people on the planet getting their shit together and being the best version of themselves means the less assholes there are. I'm down for that. Are you down for that? All right, let's go. Hiya, pal. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fuck the Status Quo podcast. I'm your host, Ellie Blake, and I have another amazing interview for you guys today. Her name is Sarah Nilsson, and fuck, how do I even begin to describe Sarah to you guys? She is one of the most hilarious, creative, talented, wise as fuck people that I've ever met. She's an artist entrepreneur, which for the record is my favorite kind of entrepreneur. And in this interview, we talk about growth as a human being and what it looks like to challenge and question what you used to think was weird or not for you. And not only that, but embracing that shit. We talk about navigating going viral on social media and the pros and cons. I think a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, can't wait for their post to go viral, but they don't realize the responsibility that comes with it. I mean, that is if you give a shit about making the world a better place. Sarah, thank you so much for this interview. It was so inspiring and motivating, especially for creative people. And with that, let's welcome Sarah to the Fuck the Status Quo podcast. What up, Sarah? Welcome to the Fuck the Status Quo podcast. I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. First question, what's the best thing you've ever done for yourself? Man, that's like such a tough question. I guess off the record, probably on the record, you just asked me this. So I didn't have enough time to really give you a good answer. But Yeah, my bad about that. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. No, no pressure. Yeah, right. I think like the first thing that comes to mind is quit my bartending job. I've only ever been a bartender and I'm... I'm super comfortable in that role and it's scary to step away from it because it's the only thing I've ever known, but it's been really rewarding in ways that like I didn't expect. So I think like my first, you know, like knee jerk answer is that and probably going to college. That's like the backhanded answer. It Going back to college in my like late twenties and early thirties was like, really rewarding in a way that I didn't expect. Like I, I, you know, I thought that's what I wanted. And I think it kind of like solidified for me that I am different and I do want different things for myself past a college degree. And I don't think that I would have known that if I didn't go back and like actually really give it an honest go. Okay. I feel like that's like my first good answer can I ask you that question oh fuck I ask everyone this and I'm like what is it for me (laughs) damn you haven't thought about it either (laughs) hold on no honestly I haven't let me think about this for a second best thing I've ever okay actually yeah I think the best thing I ever did for myself was was moving to Austin I had never been to Texas I don't know about you when you moved there I had never been to Texas I just said fuck it I'm moving Because going back to the bartending thing, 
I felt myself getting stuck and really comfortable. And I was like, I love all my friends that are older that I hang out with all the time. They're fucking awesome. I don't want to be doing this when I'm their age. And it was scary to me. And I didn't want to leave Wilmington when I left. I truthfully did not want to move. Like I forced myself to do it. Dude, same. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it sucked like the first six months I moved to Austin, I was like, what the fuck have I done? And I thought about going back, but I was like, stay here for a year. If it doesn't work out, then you can go home, but at least say that you tried it. So yeah, that was definitely the best thing for me. That's a good Uh, one. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I'd probably like adopt that as my own too. Like moving to Austin really kind of like got me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Enough to realize that like I am not the people that I surround myself with, you know? Cause I like I just think I like adopted everyone's personalities there. Like didn't really give myself a chance to like bloom into who I am, you know? Yeah. I hear you. Gave me the room to do that. Yeah. So for people listening, me and Sarah lived in the same city, had all the same friends, never, (laughs) never knew each other, never met somehow. And then we both both lived in Austin. Yeah. Both work downtown Wilmington, like, whoa, super huge community, psych. <laughs> uh, we both lived in Austin, and then we both worked at this bar called, I don't know, I don't want to say it. We both worked at this bar in Austin together, and then that's how we, like, realized we knew each other. So that's kind of, like, how we met. But tell me about, I think we moved to Austin around-ish the same time. When did you move there? May of 2018. Okay, I moved there 2015. So never mind, not that close. But tell me like your reasoning and why you picked Austin and how you picked it, all that shit. I mean, my niece lived here at the time. And I think I I like knew that Wilmington had a ceiling and I knew I had hit it. And I like felt myself like kind of my growth was stunted there. And I, I knew it, you know. It was kind of like a perfect storm. I was just graduating college. I was in a bad relationship that was like obviously coming to an end. And my niece was like two at the time, you know, like at that really cute age. And I was asked to come here by my niece's mom to like work with her for South by Southwest. She's a private chef and she needed some help. And came down for the week fucking like cut vegetables for like a week which was not my thing at all (laughs) it was just enough to be something that was like oh I see there's like something here for me and my niece Frankie is like only going to be two once so like why not give it an honest go I love yeah. that name, Frankie, by the way. That's a it's badass name. <laughs> right? We call her Frank the Titty Milk Tank. We can't anymore because she doesn't <laughs> like Yes, yeah. you can. <laughs> she hates it when we call her Frank. How old like, is she now? She's almost seven. Oh, shit. So she knows. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah. We can't say Titty Milk Tank anymore. <laughs> it is what it is. It was great while it lasted. That's great. So what but, did you like about Austin where you were like, yes, this is it? I think I was like intrigued by the big city of it all. Like I had never seen buildings so tall, you know, (laughs) like downtown Raleigh, North Carolina. It's like not, it's not what Austin is, you know? And I like the idea of keep Austin weird. It's like, you know, everything that I had heard of Austin was like just enough for me to be like, 
I'm going to press the fuck it button and just go. And I'm notorious for shooting at the hip. You know, I don't really like to think too much. So I didn't really give it too much thought. It was just kind of like, I'm packing my shit up. Fuck it. You know? Yeah, that's exactly how I did it, too. Like, I knew that I wanted to move and get out of Wilmington, but I didn't know where I wanted to go. And I kept hearing stuff. And I'm like, no, no, that's not it. And then I was working at Fibbers one night and it was slow. It was like poker night. And this dude came in and he's from Wilmington, but he was living in Austin. I never met him before this. And I was giving him the whole spiel like, oh, yeah, I want to move. I don't know where. And he's like, you should move to Austin. And I was like, yeah. And I, th- I think it was like within two weeks. I know it was less than a month that I moved. I was like, fuck it. That's it. I'm going. Damn, dude. So, wait, you yeah. were married at the time too, right? No, I met my husband in Austin. Oh, no shit. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, like, here's me thinking like, well, do you have the comfort of your husband with you? No. No, I didn't know anyone. I had never been there. I didn't. I, I mean, I knew that guy that I had met at the bar, but you know, that was like a one, one off thing. Sure. It took me a really long time to find a job when I first moved to Austin. I remember being surprised about that because in Wilmington, like all I had to do was ask someone like, Hey, can I, (laughs) can I work here? Like, that's the point that it got to, you know, how it goes. Like once you're comfortable and know everybody, like, you don't, you don't have to fucking apply for a job. You just are like, yo, what's up? Like you got Fridays or what, you know? Literally. Yeah. That's all you got yeah, it didn't work out for me like that in Austin. And I remember wanting to stay away like from the downtown scene because I was like, no, I can't party too much. So my dumbass worked at the strip club like that was any different. But oh my god, I you couldn't find a good. job anywhere. That was the, the first place I started working was bartending at the strip club. Like nobody on Sixth Street would hire me. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> like I wasn't prepared for that. Damn, I didn't know that. I like beat Rainy Street. I like went to all the cool bars quote unquote cool people bars like I remember I walked into Kitty Cohen's and like that bar is to me is so cool looking and like felt like what I wanted Austin to be Mm -hmm. and the chick I like you know I handed her my resume and she's like well if you don't mind working with jabronis like you could just go to rainy street and I was like all right I don't mind jabronis like with me I got a job, you know, like I walked up and down that street. There's only like 20 bars on that street at the time. So it kind of felt like Wilmington. And again, I don't want to promote them, but I got this job at this bar, maybe like two months in, I was like, wait, this isn't the Austin I wanted it to be. This is like, I'm working for like college kids, like, you know, which is fine. There's like a time and place for that, but it's just like, I wanted to go to Austin to find my weird and like yeah. I just felt like I was getting further away from it. It kind of felt like, you know, like Wilmington is Southern. It's like kind of a different Southern where there's like a little bit of like weird involved. And like, this just felt rainy street just felt like a cesspool of college kids in a way that was like, wait, this isn't it. How did I yeah. end up here? Like, this is a fucking nightmare, you know? And like, you know, I kind of came to this realization that like, if money made me happy, I would have been fucking pumped at that job. Like, cause yeah. I was, I was raking in the dough and it was the most miserable I had ever been. You know, mm-hmm. it took me getting fired from that job for me to be like, ah, oh, dip. <laughs> 
Like I would have never left. I would have stayed in my misery. Cause you know, that's like the fucking, that's the devil I know, you know? Yeah. I would have stayed there for as long as I could have until, yeah, until they fired me. And I was like, oh, all right. Like, thank God that happened. I had to like, really kind of like re recalibrate what I wanted my Austin experience to be. And I don't think I would have known to do that, how to do that if it wasn't for like literally being shoved out of that street, you know? Yeah. That's interesting to hear. Cause I totally, I still look back and I'm like, man, I should have tried harder to get a job on rainy street. I always loved rainy street. <laughs> I mean, it's a dope street. Like, you know, like it's yeah. a, like the concept of it is so cool, but it's, you know, it's a grind. And like, I'm only getting older. I remember my dad said to me once, he was like, you know, there's always going to be a chick with bigger tits and blonder hair than you. And like, you're never, it's like, you know, this is a young man's job. And I don't think I had kind of like really accepted that I don't want to fucking stand on my feet for 10 hours a day, you know? Like, yeah. It's not my jam anymore. I don't have to work that hard if I don't want to. Yeah. It's hard fucking work, dude. <sighs> My back is completely fucked from bartending and lifting kegs and heavy ass shit. Like I have, I feel like, like an old lady. I, mean, I know. And like, even, you know, the physical work is like different. Like the mental yeah. work is like, you have to be, I think it's great. A great job for people with like ADD or ADHD. <laughs> yeah. Or it kind of perpetuates. The ADHD. Yeah. I don't know if I ever had it until I really got into like the career bartending where I was like, yeah, I got used to like multitasking, doing 10 things at once. But like now that I'm not doing it, I'm like, oh, I can't sit fucking still. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where were you at where you finally got to the point where you were like, I'm fucking done bartending no more? Like what happened? Um, I mean, I was at the bar that you and I worked at Mm -hmm. and I wrote down so it was like 2019 I had written down in this like planner that like by 2020 I think it said by September 2020 I want to have like a better relationship with my family I want to be making money off of my art and there were like a few other things and I like you know it was I wrote it when I was in the parking lot going to work and I closed the book and completely forgot about it and then the pandemic hit and it was like I had finally had the time and space to like get my own shit right, like with me, you know? Mm-hmm. And my dad is a painter by trade, or at least that's what he does in his retirement. And he was like, well, you know, don't ever lose your job again. Why don't you start painting? And I had been trying to like do chalk work for bars and restaurants, like doing their menus. Hell yeah, I remember that shit. You did awesome it, stuff. I mean, it was cool and fun, yeah. but like also like, you know, the medium itself was like super finicky and like nobody wants to pay somebody to write on their chalkboards. They can just get the fucking bartender on shift to do it for free. Yeah. So, you know, like it was a good idea at the time, but like, I think I really needed, I really needed the pandemic to like, tell me to shift me into like another gear. I don't think I would have come to that conclusion anywhere near as quickly if it wasn't for it. Yeah. I like, you know, I was really big on challenges at the time. Like, uh, you know, I was like, I'm going to meditate for a hundred days in a row. And then I'm going to like draw for a hundred days in a row. And my dad gave me the idea to paint a hundred paintings. And like, that's a really good way to learn the medium and to kind of like figure out what you want to paint and like, you know, quantity leads to quality. So 
you know, all of a sudden I had this purpose in the middle of 2020 to like get through a hundred paintings on the other side of it. I think I had like just started to like realize like that this is what I like to do and I can actually make money doing it. And I don't have to answer to anybody. I can do what I want when I want and people will pay me for it. And I get to pick the number that people will pay me. Like, yeah, it's fucking it, awesome. Right. <laughs> it feels like, it feels like I'm cheating. I'm waiting for somebody to like catch me because like, I've never known anything other than grinding for somebody else for like below minimum wage. Yeah. You know, I think the pandemic like just did as awful as it was. I want to acknowledge that. I think yeah, that there sure. was a lot of, you know, pros from it. Like for me, that's when I started my business is, So I think everybody just finally had the space to sit there and be like, okay, well, I can't even work at my job, you know, so what the fuck? Like, what do I actually do with my time right now? I remember like all these people doing challenges and stuff like that. And I remember when you were doing your painting and I thought that was really cool. I would love to learn how to paint. I think I suck at it, but I know that you did chalk art. Had you ever like painted before? Or was this like a brand new thing for you? That's what I thought. Yeah, it was brand new. Yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. I actually like kind of shied away from the idea of painting because it was my dad's. Yeah. Why I was like, no, chalk art is mine. You know, <laughs> really didn't want to give it up. So how did you learn how to paint? Did you like watch any videos or were you just like, fuck it, I'm just going to see what happens? Yeah, I like really just sat with it and like was bad. You know, I think that was the idea behind doing 100 paintings was like, Mm -hmm. you're going to be bad for like a while. And, you know, like (laughs) 100 is like an arbitrary number. You know, I was still bad at the 100th painting, you know. It got me through it long enough. It was like those first 100 were just enough it like gave me an excuse for being like, well, it's bad because I'm still in the first 100, you know? Yeah. I still went back to the bar. Like after, you know, in like 20, June of 2021, I went back. I went in, I went back to Rainy Street. That kind of like slowed me down in a big way. Like I had just painted, it went viral. Like the Mark Ribier thing where get the fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Yes. <laughs> I did him as a frog. And that like went viral big time. And it was like the first time that I had like, I couldn't bartend. It was like right around the same time that I got the bartending job that that happened. Like, I mean, within the same week. And nice. I really had to like, figure out and focus on both and it would made it really difficult I think in, like in hindsight I wish I had never gone back because I think that I had a really good momentum going at that point but I just recently quit like actually quit in like August yeah same like I started my business and it was I couldn't work and then I did end up going back to bartending and I was so miserable and I was such a bitch (laughs) I would have hated to like came into my bar because I was not like the fun outgoing like party like I'm here to party with you vibe I was like what do you want okay like why are you fucking talking to me about the weather I don't care like so bad and I could feel it I was so miserable and I'm like, okay, this isn't fucking working out anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. And like, it's hard to not bring that into your business too. Cause that shit, like, like being in that energy is so exhausting that it takes away from your business. 
mm-hmm. you know, like and it, yeah. it makes you just fucking tired in a way that's like hard to explain. Yeah. Because you, know? you still have energy, you still are awake, but it's like it just fucking low vibes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, not like all vibes, chick, but like it's true. You yeah. Know? I mean, because the last bar that I worked at, it wasn't even that busy. And so it's not like I was physically exhausted at the end of the day from having like busted my ass making a gazillion drinks. It was just so draining. And I like before when I was in my prime, like with bartending, I didn't care if somebody gave me a bad tip. I was like, whatever, on to the next one. And then I got to the point where I was like, fuck them, like looking people up on Facebook. Oh, (laughs) like your profile says this liar. <laughs> I'm like, all right, bro. <laughs> it's time to shift. It's yeah. time. It's time to move on. <laughs> That's so funny. I was like the exact opposite. I used to like really hold on to it. And then like when I went back, it was kind of like, I don't fucking care. I showed up and did the bare minimum. And I don't even know if I did that sometimes. I didn't even really get dressed to go to work. Like I'd show up in like kind of pajamas, kind of paint clothes. I'm surprised that they, and it was like super office space style. They fucking loved me there. Like I can still show up at any point now and be like, I need shifts. And they're like, they'll give me shifts, but I don't know why. Because I did not do my job at all. I remember there was one point I was like hanging out in the back and this customer was walking to the restroom and he was like, man, you really don't like it here in your job, do you? (laughs) I was like, nope, I fucking don't. (laughs) <laughs> I even a little bit. Thanks for noticing. Right. But I didn't care. I was like notorious for that stuff, especially when I bartended at the strip club. I think the ongoing joke with me, like my entire bartending career is that I don't like being behind the bar. <laughs> like, I'll go find anything else to do. <laughs> same. Same. Yeah, because that means work. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about your frog page. What gave you the idea to start it? It's obviously doing super well. So like I had gone through those 100 paintings and my dad is an oil painter. So like I picked up oil painting and by the end of those 100 paintings, I was like, this is awesome. I love the medium, but it doesn't feel like mine, you know? And I watched this YouTube video where this dude was like, here's a great way to like hone in on your creativity. And, or, you know, I don't remember. It was like one of those YouTube taglines that move clickable taglines. What are those called? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's like clickbait. It's like clickbait. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like the what? clickbait of like, you know, here's a good way to hone in on your creativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I'm following now. <laughs> yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, it was, uh, he said that the best, thing to do for your creativity is to draw one thing every day for a year. And I had just done this, like these 100 paintings and like the challenge thing was something that I was like really big on. So it felt like it was, it felt like it was digestible enough to like maybe do. Mm -hmm. And I had gotten really high that day (laughs) and was riding my bike. And I was like trying to think of what to paint. And I saw this sticker of like another YouTube artist had made and it was a it was a sticker of a frog that said I'm stinky across the top <laughs> and it was just, exactly I just did like a stupid little giggle and it was like you know again I shoot from the hip I'm like well I don't really want to fucking think about it so like that's enough for me like I'll just paint a frog every day and it started as you know if you're going to be my therapist it started as 
encouragement. It was me encouraging me to continue painting at all, you know, because I really thought that my dad would be that person, but my dad ended up trying to be, he tried, he was trying to teach me how to paint and instead of being the encouragement that I needed, I didn't need help mixing oranges. I needed someone to continue being like, yes, whatever it is you're doing, yes, do more, you know. So it kind of started off as, you know, like just like little jokes about like um, me trying to date you know, like just little jokes that I thought were funny enough because, you know, again, quantity leads to quality. So I didn't really have to yeah. think much about it because I was just, I would be on to the next one the next day. Yeah. But I painted Mark Ribier and he reposted it. And that like really changed the trajectory of the way this page has gone. Yeah. It's wild to even talk about because it's like hard for me to understand what's happening too. But I mean, I think I sold 3,000 prints and I'm still selling, you know, like it's my seller, which is so stupid, you know. (laughs) It's always shit like that where you're like, oh, we'll see how this one does. I think it kind of sucks. I don't really care. And then it's like a million fucking people love it. It's wild. I like was having this conversation yesterday with a friend. I think that those things do well because you have detached energy from it. Yeah. You just don't care. Yeah. I mean... Same, like one of my most popular reels is one where I was, I almost didn't even post it because I was just like, eh, this is what I do. Like, fuck it. And all these people watched it. were like, oh, thanks. This was so helpful. And I'm like, what? I almost didn't even post that one. So I love what you're saying about how it's, it really is quantity over quality. I think a lot of people get stuck in thinking just the mindset of it. They're like, oh, fuck, I got to paint today. It's got to be perfect. And it's like, no, nah, dude, just fucking do something and then do it again the next day. Yeah. I think like that that's like, day. yeah. Because the only way, I'm so glad that I like watched that video. You know, I didn't make it through 365. You know, I think I had to move in the middle of October. So, and I also started bartending. You know, I had to stop because that like really slowed me down mentally, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's like kind of slowly like transitioned itself into so if I'm being really honest, it's transitioned itself into something that doesn't really feel like mine anymore. You know, like the larger audience that I have, the more scared I am to hit upload because I'm terrified that I have said something wrong or that, you know, it won't be received well. It's like an ever evolving thing, you know, like I'm trying to navigate how to bring it back to being mine again. Yeah, I hear Um, you. But like, I, you know, it's, it's lovely that I can share what the human experience is behind the guise of a frog. Yeah. And, and really it's the stuff that I've learned from painting, you know, that has taught me a lot about not painting, you know, like about life in general. I don't know. It's fucking crazy to think about because it's been like, I mean, it's been two years. It's like almost to the day, two years ago, October 26th, I started this page. And like, you know, just to like look back on what's happened in the last two years, just from drawing frogs. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Did I think I would get here? No way. (laughs) No way. Like this started from me, like being stoned in my apartment and like making little jokes on a piece of paper. And then next thing I know, I've got 150,000 people looking at these little things that I'm making 
in my apartment. I'm yeah. like, what is happening? Does the frog have a name? No. He doesn't have a name? No. She, it's not even a boy or girl. I just didn't even say he. No, it's just I mean, the frog. I he too. Okay. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's gender fluid. And I think that's why. That's like the vibe that I get is it's like a gender fluid thing. Yeah. And I think that's why it's like easily, you can identify with it easier because there doesn't have a thing. It's amorphous. Is that the right? I mean, I think it'd be totally different if you were painting a character of like a girl that, or a, or a guy, even if like just a human, I think it'd be different. I don't know if you would have gotten the same response. Sure. And I mean, I fucking love it. I love the messages that are in it. It's like really empowering, but it's funny. So I think that we probably read some of the same books and stuff. I just want to know, like, where's your inspiration come from? Like some of your shit, I read it and I'm like, wow, like this is actually really profound. <laughs> like, I mean, well, some of it are quotes. Some of it is like really just off the top of my head. And this is going to be really artsy fartsy, you know, and of course, to me, it's probably been like telephone so many times through my brain that it feels like it's an honest, it feels like it's mine, but it's probably not, you know, but like some, some things feel like downloaded. Does that make sense? No, I totally, I hear you there. I don't know where it comes from. Am I even reading books, dog? Do I know? It's like some come from like random TikToks and I try to always cite it. I don't know. And like, sometimes it's like, okay, I see that this is working well, you know, like brain rewiring seems to be really trendy right now. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'll literally look up articles and like read them and try to simplify them to the point where it like, it could be turned into four or five images. Yeah. That's what I love about your shit is it's so simple and like so digestible. Like a lot of it, I would say it's kind of pushing the realm of like talking spiritual stuff. And a lot of people get really freaked out by that or just psychology in general. I think people are more comfortable when you, when you gear it towards psychology and less of like spirituality for whatever reason. But I love that about your stuff because it's so easy to digest. And it's like, I feel like you're opening up the minds of other people who might sit there and be just like cynical or stuck in their ways or just negative or whatever. And I I love it. I think it's really just positive and inspiring. That's a big sense. Thank you for saying that. I like, to me, I'm just in my apartment, like trying to like soothe my own fucking (laughs) self-loathing, you know, or like, (laughs) so like, you know, the, the thought that I'm changing other people's minds, it's like, that's fucking wild. I guess like, it's like, I feel like I'm tiptoeing in Instagram therapy territory, which is a really scary fucking place to be. You know, like, I don't want to, I hate that side of Instagram. People can just like repost things that they've read and feel enlightened, you know? Yeah. I'm trying my best to educate, but not preach to where people will be like well I know more so I'm gonna repost that and now I'm better than everyone you know what I mean (laughs) it's tough dude it's tough it's a tough place to be and all of a sudden I'm like looking and this is why I I mean I don't want to like sound shitty but it's just just tough it's like a tough the larger the audience gets the more I'm like fuck like is this good for people like or should I just tell them to go to therapy (laughs) or go outside you know what I mean yeah. Just get out of your head, man. Get off your phone and get out of your head. Yeah. 
I mean, it's safe to say I definitely have a love-hate relationship with social media. You feel the same about that? Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't my job, I wouldn't be on it. Right. That's how I feel, too. It's such a cool tool if it's used correctly. So, yeah, it definitely is love-hate, you know? Yeah. I've learned a lot just, you know, I'm the dumbass. I named my business with my name in it as told by Ellie. So I'm like, at some point, people are going to be like, well, who the fuck is that? Like, what is this about? So that's why I even started showing my face in my content because before I would just, it was just like my hands holding the cards or showing it like, well, this is what I sold today or whatever. I've listened to some podcast somewhere. This girl, she decided to try out TikTok. She has greeting cards, but she does other shit too, like notebooks, stuff like that. And she was like, I'm going to try TikTok every day. I'm going to put a video up on TikTok every day for two months and then see what happens. And if it doesn't work, then fuck it. I won't do it anymore. But if it does, whatever. And it blew up. So I was like, all right, people have been telling me forever, like try TikTok. And I don't even have that many followers now. Like I have been slacking on it lately, truthfully. But I posted one video over, it was like back in May and it got like 150,000 views. And my shop, I have an Etsy page and then I have like a Shopify that's where I prefer people to buy from. but. Most of it goes to my Etsy page. That shit blew up. And I was like, damn, (laughs) this social media like might be what's up. Like, it's definitely a love hate thing. I don't, I post on my personal page, you know, sometimes, but I definitely would not be as active as I am if it weren't for my business. But I recognize that my business is online. So I can't just be like, ooh. I know. Yeah. And that's so funny. Yeah. Like, same. I had, the only time I've ever gone viral on TikTok was like somebody, <laughs> somebody was like, stitch this with your stupidest tattoo. And I'm like, oh, that's mine. That's me. <laughs> like I got like 150,000 likes off of it and like 350,000 views on it. But it was like, my page was like my art, not my frog page. And I realized that in that moment that I had really kind of niched my audience in a way where it was like, this isn't going to work. Like I'm only ever going to blow up now for talking about tattoos. And like, that's not what I want, you know? Yeah. It's the least interesting part about me, you know? I'm also starting like trying to start on TikTok. That's been shoved down my throat so many times. Mm -hmm. But it's different because like showing my face, it's such a different way to like do social media than like me just drawing a frog. You know, I can at least hide instead of like now people will criticize me, you know? Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it's so scary to put yourself out there, too. But at the same time, at some point for me, I just had to be like, fuck it. I don't really care what anybody thinks about me or anybody from my past who wants to clown me or whatever, like they're probably just jealous that they ain't out here doing their own thing, you know? So there's so much like negativity that you can have about it, but then you also, you just have to keep being positive and have to think of like, these are the people that are actually listening to me and are inspired by me or whatever, or just enjoy my content. Not that, you know, at the end of the day, I'm doing it for other people. I really try to reframe stuff in my mind whenever I feel like it's a grind and it's not that fun anymore. I like to look at it as like I'm creating just for the sake of creating. And that makes me feel better because I've always been a creative person and I love just doing creative shit. And I think that it's something everybody should be doing. So whenever I kind of feel stuck or like I'm working too hard or taking the fun out of it, I'm like, all right, chill out. 
let's just create because we like to create and just have fun with it, you know? That's so true. Yeah. I actually really needed to hear that because that it's hard when it becomes your job, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's great. If there's going to be a hard, this is the hard I want, you know, like, oh, I don't feel creative today, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be a Michelangelo every fucking day, you know? Yeah, exactly. This is kind of whack, but there's this Macklemore song and he has this line. He has this line in it and it says the greats weren't great because at birth they could paint. The greats were great because they paint a lot. And I think about that a lot. Like, just keep fucking doing it. We interrupt this sweet-ass podcast episode for a message from our sponsor. Hey, bitches, it's me again. Are you tired of all the lame-ass greeting cards you see in the store? Would you rather send your loved one something that's fucking hilarious with cuss words and potentially insulting? Well, shit, you in the right place then. Head over to AsToldByEllie.com where you will find the best fucking greeting cards on the internet. And as a listener of this podcast, I got a discount code for you guys. Waffles will get you 15% off. Again, that's AsToldByEllie.com, discount code Waffles. And now back to the show. Just going back to what we were talking about earlier, I think a lot of people sit there and stop themselves from being creative because they're waiting for some genius idea to just come out of nowhere. And it's like, I think those ideas come from taking action to begin with. Totally. Yeah. Inspiration finds you working. You'll just have a million more things that come to your mind while you're already in that mindset of creating. At some point, I would love to write a book. This is like five, 10 year plan. But, you know, I've stopped myself for a long time with like writing because I'm like, oh, I don't know what to write today. And now I just write for at least 15 minutes every day, even if it's just like, oh, I'm looking out the window right now and people are driving or riding by and these kids are doing, even if it's literally nothing, it's like just the habit of doing that shit. I think people don't realize how much just consistent action will do for you. Yeah, totally. I actually was having this conversation when I was in Morocco with this, with this girl who was also on the trip with me. She found out that I was a painter and she was like, I'm taking painting classes. And I'm like, well, let me see what you've done. You know, you get to a point in... I'm in like in your creative career where you're like, oh man, like you're thinking too much. Like you can Mm -hmm. see that you've thought about that too much. It doesn't have to be something super conceptual. It could be fun for fun's sake. And that's really where your creative genius comes out. Like, and we had had this conversation how she was like, I have performance anxiety. And I was like, you know, you don't step up to the plate every day to perform. You step up to the plate every day to audition. And if you think about it any other way, you're setting yourself up for failure because like creativity isn't supposed to be perfect. It's supposed Mm -hmm. to be chaotic. It's supposed to be fun. And I, I think that a lot of times, I just think that we've been conditioned to think that if it's something serious that you can't have fun doing it. And if it's fun, then it's not serious. And the two can't exist on the same plane. It's okay to have fun. And it's okay that that's your work. Like it doesn't have to be miserable, you know? I think about this all the time. Like when I talk to uh, people, customers who will message me, I, you know, occasionally I'll get somebody that's like, Hey, like, I, I, sorry, I didn't mean to even place this order. Can I get a refund? And I'll be like, geez, get it together. Come on. And like, I'll refund them. I'm nice about it. I don't have to be this customer service, perfect agent. Hello. 
thank you for reaching out to us today. I'm sorry that you did that. I will issue you a refund now. And I think that a lot of people get get stuck there, like just fucking have fun with it. Like I'll call my customers dick bags or assholes and be like, you know, thanks so much. And that's like, I love that this gets to be my job. Like this is fucking amazing. I'm really glad that seeing your work has really pushed me out of that because I, you know, like the other day I had to pay a toll, like my toll fee or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was late and like, I called the lady to like pay the fee and just talk to her like a human. I took the corporate out of it and was like, I'm at, yeah. like, you know, she was like, well, you know, she was like, do you want to write down your confirmation number? I'm like, I'm sitting in a shelf in Hobby Lobby right now. Like I'm not available to like, <laughs> I don't have a pen, you know? And like, I heard her, I heard her walls come down in that moment. It was like, I just don't understand why people don't do this more often. Like it doesn't yeah. all have to be this corporate mumbo jumbo. And like seeing you say stuff like that on a regular basis reminds me of that. It's hard because you've got that integrated into your work. That's on brand for you. Where mm-hmm. like for me, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know. You yeah. know, like I gotta be serious because it's just painting, you know, and it doesn't matter. You know? Yeah, I hear you. Something, this sounds kind of weird, but something that like really put that in perspective for me is you remember when you were younger, how fucking boring commercials were. Like you literally would get up and, and actually leave and go pee or whatever because they were so boring. And I think that if I could go back in college, I probably would have majored in marketing because I actually really like it. I kind of nerd out on it. But now commercials are hilarious. Like all these insurance commercials are so funny. They all have like this funny character. You know, I'm not saying everybody sits there and is like, oh, these commercials, I can't wait to watch them. But it's different. It's not if you have mesophilioma or whatever. (laughs) So that's kind of how I look at it is I think just culture in general is becoming more like laid back and just understanding that comedy sells for sure. And just being able to be real with people and talk to them like a human. I think we're moving in that direction as opposed to being so formal and serious all the time. And I like it because I've always had this, you know, deep fear that like deep down that people just don't take me seriously or nobody will take me seriously. But it's also like, I don't want to take shit seriously. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and it's okay. And like, you can still be successful and not take yourself seriously. Like you actually might be more successful in that regard. Mm -hmm. And it's funny too, because I've totally made a few greeting cards that don't have cuss words. I made this thank you card and it just says, thanks so much. I've sold not a single one of them. Like people don't want that <laughs> shit from me. They want the stuff that's like happy birthday, you fucking fossil, you know? Like <laughs> so you kind of have to understand. For me now, I think I've developed just this audience where they know what they're they're getting with me. And I think it's really important to get to that point because something that I learned along the way is like if you're trying to speak to everyone and appease everyone, you're speaking to no one, you know? Yeah, that's very true. Tell me about Morocco. I wanted to talk to you about that too a little bit. Why'd you pick Morocco? Why'd you go there? What's the deal with that? It looked super fucking awesome. Oh, it was so dope, dude. It was so dope. I started going to yoga during the pandemic because I was like really on this self-healing journey. Through painting, I like found meditation and through meditation, I found yoga and then I went full yogi white chick on them and like, (laughs) it's like my shit now, you know? 
my favorite yoga teacher, you know, she's also very similar to us. No bullshit. It's not woo woo. You know, Mm -hmm. like I love, she speaks in a way that feels very honest and authentic. Had a really hard time finding those people in Austin specifically. So when I found her, I was like, you're going to be my friend. (laughs) You're going to be my friend. (laughs) But um, she is lived in Morocco. She moved back for the pandemic. And her husband is from Morocco and she does guided tours. And then like one day after class, she was like, I got a tour coming up. And I like went up to her. This was like in February. And I like started my LLC in December. You know, like I'm in the deepest waters of my business and swimming through it, like really just learning how to swim financially. Like, I don't know where my money's coming from. I have no idea if I'm going to have money in my bank account next week. And I like went to her and I'm like, I really want to go. But I don't know if I can afford it. She's like, (laughs) money is the only reason why, the only reasons, the only thing stopping you from going, then that's not a reason at all. We'll figure it out. You can do payment plans. Anyways, it was like, I've always gone on trips. When I bartended, I would go somewhere for the month of January. And during the pandemic, obviously I couldn't go anywhere. And then I got kind of like wrapped into like painting every day for 2021. So 2022 has really been about getting back to the things that I loved about myself pre-pandemic, which was not bartending, but it was going on trips more regularly. So yeah, I went on like a guided yoga retreat, which is wild to say out loud. If you asked me if I would do something like a yoga retreat in 2019, I would have been like, fuck you. You're fucking (laughs) crazy. Absolutely not. Uh, it was dope, dude. If you ever get the chance to go to Morocco, oh my God, it is wild. I've been to a lot of places, but that place was like, I don't know. It just feels like there's something there. In Morocco, you don't own the, there's no way. It's kind of like Indian reservation or like, you know, like true Native Americans. And I'm probably going to fuck this up. They don't believe that you can own land. That's not Mm -hmm. yours to own. You know, like you can own property that's on the land, but the land is not yours. That's mother earth. And it's the same in Morocco, which I think is like, yeah, it's, there's like, you know, like it's simple there, you know? Yeah. I think that's cool as shit. I have never, obviously I've heard of Morocco. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen like pictures or known anybody that's gone there. And I saw your pictures and I'm like, holy fuck, this looks really cool. Yeah. uh, Went into the middle of the Sahara desert. Like we drove two hours through sand dunes and like, like Jade's husband, the guy, his name is Adil. Adil is from the Sahara desert. Like how, how is anyone from like some sand dunes, dude? Yeah. (laughs) And how did you get out? How do you know where you're going? It was like so wild to like, somebody could live like that. Yeah. That's awesome. It looked, how long were you there for? I was there for two weeks. The retreat was one week. But I like, you know, I like bookended it. So I was there for like three days before and then like four days after. I think that's awesome. My mom's a Pilates instructor. And I remember when I was a little bit younger, like 14, 15, she took me to the YMCA with her to a yoga class. And I was like, not about it. I'm like, this shit is so fucking stupid. I remember like the lady instructor she's like raising her hand she's like feel the energy move to your hand and I'm standing there like what are these fucking assholes talking about (laughs) yeah but I think I'm like I don't even know where I started doing yoga I started meditating though 
at a pretty young age, like 15, I started meditating. And then when I was in college, I went to St. Edwards in Austin. We had to take a religion class and I took like an Asian traditions class. We learned about Buddhism, Taoism, Hinduism. And she took us to this Tibetan temple in Austin. And that was like, we, we would meditate there. We would go once a month. And I thought it was super cool, which if you, you know, kind of like you were just saying, if you had said that to me when I was younger, I'd probably be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But to me, I mean, this could be a whole, I could talk for another hour about this, but I, I was really unhappy for a long time and nothing was working. Like I was seeing a psychiatrist, I was on medication, like I was just miserable. And I kept wondering like, what the fuck is out there? Like, what's the point of all this? And then I really started to get more spiritual, which I don't really like to talk to people about. I'd like to keep it in simple terms because people just get so weirded out by it. But for me, it was the only thing that made sense because I think it really helps you just acknowledge like, just a sense of self and like, I am all that I have at the end of the day, everything else is temporary. And it's hard to even explain that, but I think that, you know what I'm talking about, but it just opened up so much shit for me when I just started to go down that path. And I think it's the coolest thing ever. Same. Yeah. I think it's like, and the best part about it is that it's so fucking simple. It's very rare that the brain and the mind are at the same place at the same time. Even when you're going on a walk or sitting still, your body knows it so well that your brain will go somewhere else. And like finding the space that where you can put the two together, I mean, there's something magical that happens. It sounds cheesy, but it's kind of true, dude. Like, Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really changed my practice, why I'm okay with showing up half-ass, not doing things like to the ability where I want it to, you know, like letting go of perfectionism. It's really changed. Yoga and meditation have changed the way that I show up in the world, period. I think it's important for everyone, but I especially think it's important for creative people to like give their mind that space. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. And like protecting my creative space is the work I've realized, you know, and whatever Mm -hmm. I can do to do that is what I it, like you know like people will be like how do you afford a membership of black swan like that's it's a priority of yours so exactly. you make it happen <laughs> yeah like I just don't go out to eat as much because this is my work period if you look at it any other way then maybe those drinks at the bar were important to you that's just not why I'm prioritizing right now yeah I think about that shit all the time. I'm like, well, how much money did I used to spend at the bar every single night? But I would go out and party like, okay, we can pay for this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like the amount of times that I'm like, oh, we can go out to eat. And then like, I spend a hundred bucks and then I'm like, oh, you know, trying to cut corners when it comes time to pay the car payment. I'm like, shit, I have no money, you know? Help me. I'm poor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, no, you just like, didn't do it right that month. And that's okay. Yeah. All right. I got two more questions for you. I decided. Okay. What advice would you give to younger Sarah? If you talk to yourself at 20, 21 ish. Oof. At 20 or 21. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if I would give her any advice because 21 year old Sarah wouldn't listen. (laughs) I would just be like, go on, do what you do. I mean, seriously, I don't know if I could give 21 year old Sarah any advice other than you know, you don't have to try so hard. Yeah. 
I really wanted everyone to love me. I think mm-hmm. that might be the Libra in me or something. You know, I just really wanted everyone to like me. Yeah. The less I gave a fuck about that, the more I liked me. Mm-hmm. And that's what really mattered. Joke shit. I love that. Although I agree with you. My 21-year-old self, I would have been like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. You don't know shit. You don't give a fuck. You have wrinkles right. in your forehead. Go away. <laughs> yeah, uh, wish you could. Advice. I'm sorry, I don't mean to like make it about you, but like, would you? What would you give your advice? Advice to yourself. You know, I probably would have said, "Fuck off! I'm not listening to you." But uh, I don't want to just like say the same thing that you said. But I really, I, I remember at that age, I tried really hard. I wanted everybody to like me, and it really bothered me when people didn't like me, and it it really fucked up my day I would post crazy shit online (laughs) I would fight people (laughs) I wish that I didn't care that much yeah yeah yeah. well yeah like time hop on my Facebook is like the worst shit ever oh god I was a jealous girlfriend I was a bitch (laughs) yeah I I definitely post it yeah I let other people like affect me and I don't really let anybody affect me now, but I would get really worked up about shit and really pissed and upset. I was a firecracker, dude. I'd be like, let's fight. <laughs> I'm a beat your ass for saying that. So yeah, I wish that I would have just not cared as much and not let it affect me. I was a little bit too angry, I think, mm. for a long time. I think I was a little too emotional. I think I got angry. I think the anger that I did, I would implode. Mm-hmm. You know, I was mad at myself a lot. Yeah. I think that's probably what I would. And I'd probably give myself that advice now. You know, like, you know, just ease up on yourself. Yeah. I You're still am like, I'm constantly telling myself that like, all right, chill. Nobody's thinking about it like you are. It's fucking relaxed, dude. <laughs> yeah. Give yourself some grace. You're a human too. Yeah, for sure. All right, last question. Where can people find you at? Well, that's, a, that's an ass question. I, uh-huh. mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess like I've got all the normal social medias, you know. Sarah Nelson Art is like my, it feels like it's my personal account. It's really for my oil paintings. I post there more, but just forget about it is like, you know, the Instagram that's carrying me, you know, sarahnelson.com. Sarah Nelson art at gmail.com. My phone number is. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. I hope that it was better than your past experiences. Yeah. Yeah. It went way better. It felt like a conversation and less like an interview. Good. Yeah. That was fun as shit. I appreciate cool. you. Well, I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thanks, dude. This is a lot of fun. That's it for another episode of the fuck the status quo podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys like what I'm doing here. If not, then live your life, man. Set yourself free from my voice. I mean, why have you even gotten this far? (laughs) But if you know someone who would enjoy listening to this, please share this episode with them or post it to your story. Or you can go fucking bananas and run around town telling everybody that you run into. And then leave this podcast review because it really helps to get the word out there and help other people find this podcast. So that's it. That's my plug. Be a good person by leaving a review. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you guys in the next one.